Jim, do you shop at Walmart? Occasionally. No. Where do you, Jim, where do you do grocery shopping? I think we talked about this in, uh, in a previous host. We talked about this in a podcast, but we, we're Aldi people. Oh, yes. And we're Aldi, and we're Aldi people because it's fast. Love that. Because we can, it's a small store, right? You, you can go any of the other stores today. Well, I guess like Kroger and Schnucks and some of those other relatively small, but you go in like Walmart or Meyer or these other large, you know, hypermarkets or whatever they call mm-hmm. those, or oh, everything markets. It takes forever to get through there. Yes. Absolutely forever. And there are far too many options for me. I got two young kids. I don't have time to make decisions. I don't have two I, young kids. I have myself and I still can't, don't have time to make decisions. I, I feel like I have decision paralysis sometimes where I'm at the end of the day and I'm grocery shopping. I'm like, I don't care what kind of sliced cheese I have. I just know that I need yellow sliced cheese. So I grab it off the shelf at Aldi. And, it's and, and I'm off to the races. Yes. Yes. All right. We are like-minded Aldi shoppers. A, because we're cheap. And because it's easy. <laughs> I am very much cheap. Yes. Cheap is a, but it's secondary. It's really interesting. It's secondary to me. But they sell meat at Aldi. Let's talk a little bit about the meat business today. Let's go back and tell our viewers, welcome to the Round Barn. We've got Jim and Kaylee today. Again, more still. Long time. Still. We really need to get somebody else on here so this introduction is more meaningful. We've tried that, but people get confused. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for joining us. We're not talking about Aldi today. We are talking about Walmart. Yes, the largest grocer in the United States. I only, yeah, only really go if I have to. Yeah, it's not that you don't like them at size, but Walmart's, uh, they're the biggest grocer by a bit. And there's a lot going on in the grocery business right now, which impacts, you know, us as food producers and, you know, ultimately as veterinarians. But Kroger's and Albertsons are trying to merge. Mm-hmm. And I used to think when Kroger was, when I was a kid, was K-Roger. <laughs> that's what the logo looks like. That's that my, makes sense. That's my point. Yes. Logically, it would be K-Roger. I, I have spelling issues. <laughs> um, you know, the best thing that ever happened was word and spell correct in word. Yep, the little red squiggles. The little red squiggles. Awful at spelling. So they're trying to merge, and there's some pressure back that that's not good. But they're really merging to try to create a behemoth because it's a commodity business, right? Food is food, right. and we're selling, and so it's scale matters. And so they're trying to merge, and there's pressure. But that's really because the 800-pound gorilla is Walmart. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's trying to figure out, and Walmart continues to innovate on the food side, which is supply chain side, really, not just food, but they've innovated on the supply chain side all along. And so they're doing it again on beef. Mm-hmm. And they invested $257 million in a, not a packing plant, a processing plant. Correct. That's like university salary, Kaylee. <laughs> I just started and I know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 257 something, but probably dollars, not million. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they've been in the beef business for a bit. But yeah, the big announcement here the last week or 10 days here is that, right, they're going to put 260-ish million in a plan in Olathe, Kansas, which is just west of Kansas City. For those of you who have not been to that part of the woods, it's in Kansas, but um, part of the Kansas City metro area. And they said they're doing that to further process meat for case-ready product um, to handle their sustainable beef investment. So, so it just keeps rolling. So help me understand the supply chain here. 
I I understand supply chain of sows to pigs to finishing to processing and the whole live side, but when we talk about the protein side, I am just not well equipped with information there. Okay, so let let's Walmart's actually innovated on the supply side as well. So the, the the live side as well. So right, we tend to think about the live side, but so uh, for quite a while now, several years now, Walmart's been in what they call prime pursuits, and so they are out uh, and they got in the cattle business. Okay. So they partnered with Forty Four Farms, which is an Angus breeder out of Texas, big Angus breeder out of Angus cattle breeder out of Texas, and. They said, we'd like to control our supply chain better. And we really like to do that on the live side so we mm-hmm. can control the cattle. So for those who are not familiar with the cattle business, unlike poultry and pigs, it's it's disintegrated. It's very segmented. So we tend to have cow-calf guys that own cows and sell those as calves, so mm-hmm. wean calves uh, or stock or something like less than a yearling. And then they go to either people to grow on grass more called completely called stalkers, or they go into a feeding type operation. And those can be called backgrounders and feedlots, but there's typically ownership changes during those. And they're often still sold at sale barns. So cattle are combing yep. out from facilities and yada, yada, yada. So and you buy like a lot, right? Yeah. You buy okay. a pen of cattle and you're going to feed these cattle. And so there's a lot of custom feeding. So you or I could own cattle and they could be fed and somebody else feeds them and then they're sold to the packing plant. And so, that's kind of the live business was disintegrated. So a lot of different genetics, you know, poultry is a couple of three genetics, pigs are a couple of three genetics, cattle are lots and lots of different kinds of genetics. Yep. Um, many different environments, you know, right? We have different types of cows or different kinds of grass and body types, et cetera. And so that comes into the live side. And so Walmart came in and said, you know, we're not, oh, I left one keep it out. Look at all this diversity of ownership on the live side but packing on the beef side the big four control 85 percent of the kill okay so cargill tyson national and jbs are 85 percent of the kill on the beef side okay so you're basically going to sell to one of these big four packers and so that they package those harvest those animals sell those primals out and then there's a whole range of people to buy them uh on the back end but the Walmarts of the world, the Kroger's, would buy directly from the big four. So they would buy from the big four packers. Okay. And Walmart doesn't cut meat in the store. So interesting, Sam's, the sister company to Walmart, does cut meat in the store. So Sam's buys primals. So a rib yeah. or a short loin. So Buys the, a big piece of meat. Big piece of meat. Separates it down into. Saleable pieces, right? Okay. So what you buy in a tray. Mm-hmm. So I was at a meeting last week and used the train a board and diaper with over. Yeah. Okay. I got, that's the look I got. I, all of you can't see the look. That's exactly the look I got in the room. What do you mean a diaper? So when you go buy a piece of meat, right, there's this foam board, this little um, tray mm-hmm. known as a board. And then there's a little thingy Bobby underneath yep. that little white thing. That's called a diaper that soaks up the moisture. Yep. And then you typically put over wrap on or saran wrap over the top of it, right? right? PVC wrap. And so that's called an overwrap board. So you've got that, and then you've got an environmentally controlled tray. So that's that deeper tray Mm -hmm. with a hard lid on top that you pop off. Okay, that's a saleable unit, right? It's got a sticker on it with a a barcode on it, with a skew on it. And so Sam's, owned by the same company, owned by Walmart, cuts primals, so a big piece of rib, a whole chunk of rib into ribeye steaks. 
puts it in those things in the store. At Walmart, they buy case ready, which is pretty common today. Yep. So they buy what should not they buy. What shows up in the store is actually that package you buy, either over app or a, tr- or a tray, mm-hmm. over ready to sell with the sticker already on it when it shows up. Nobody at Walmart is in the back doing anything to further prepare meat. No, the guy that puts the meat out at Walmart could be the same guy that puts out the ketchup. Right. Uh, it's got a tube, but it's a thing with a sticker on it, yep. right? It's a skew. And so Walmart said, listen, they would typically buy from the big four or buy and pay somebody to do it, or they've got some of their own further processing plants to, to do air case ready plants. And so they said, listen, we're kind of tired of buying product from the big four um, because we can't get exactly what we want. We want to control that part of the supply chain. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how much, how much Walmart history do you know? For guy that Arkansas, didn't show, but it's yeah, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yes, yes, they live in Arkansas. And that have beautiful in, headquarter building. Have you been in Northwest Arkansas? I have. It's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> I'm serious. It's like you're like, oh, I'm driving to Arkansas. And you have all these villages of hillbillies yep. and whatever, right? And, and you, you, you arrive. You arrive <laughs> and you're like, this is super modern, yep. right? And so um, it's really All fa- modernized because of Walmart. And right? Tyson and J.B. Right. Hunt and the University of Arkansas. So they're they're all in that Springdale. Uh, yeah, right? I've been there. I went and saw the is a Godad. Yeah, is that yeah. animal? Yeah. So, but it's 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 fantastic. It's a completely mind. It's like absolutely a wonderful mm-hmm. place. It is very pretty. Yeah, and so um, headquarters are there in Bentonville, right? But the interesting part is Walmart Sam really innovated around this idea of supply chain management. Mm-hmm. So he was building, he owned, I don't know what, or some other store and then started building his own stores, but he couldn't get at the time, the suppliers of the day, the Procter and Gamble's of the day yeah. to deliver directly to his store. They were dribbling directly to the store and they said, we're not bringing a truck to Bentonville, Arkansas, or they weren't in Bentonville at the time, but right wherever to do this, this doesn't work for us. So he built his own warehouses mm-hmm. and started doing his own distribution. So they started this innovation around distribution. Then they started this innovation of real-time stock tracking, or st- not stocks, but stock in the store inventory tracking. Yeah, inventory. And so they put, you know, hey, we can put satellite dishes up and we can track live and pull from stores to warehouses. So they did this whole innovation around that bit of supply chain to beat cost out of the supply chain. Yep. So they've just taken that legacy of, listen, we know how to manage the supply chain and said, we're going to manage. We don't like how our beef supply chain is being managed. We're going to manage the beef supply chain better. Yep. And beef is really important to Walmart. Pork is important as well, but beef's really important. So just because of margins on the product? No, because people that go into Walmart that buy, that buy beef, buy uh, red meat, buy a lot more product than yep. those that don't. That makes sense. They're more complete shopping. So to be viewed as a credible grocery store, they need a credible meat case. Yep. So beef's really important to their strategy. And and people that are buying beef are probably buying higher-end items elsewhere in the grocery store. They're just buying more items. Okay. I don't know if it's higher-end, but they are buying more, a lot more, than if they don't. Because they're, like, completely shopping at Walmart, not, hey, I stopped in to get something cheap. Okay. Right? I didn't go in and – I didn't go buy the last three things. So you and I talked about Aldi, right? We're Aldi shoppers. Well, you mm-hmm. can't buy everything at Aldi, so we got to go to Meyer or Walmart or somewhere to buy the last four things. Right. Well, they don't want people buying the last four things. They want people buying everything there. That makes sense. So a credible meat case is really important to a grocery store to do that. And so they said, listen, we have to innovate. So they started this thing called Prime Pursuits. So they went out and said, we're going to buy cattle off the ranch or off the farm Mm -hmm. as calves. So remember, we talked about somebody owns the cow and the calf, and then they sell that, and then it gets traded multiple times, and it finally gets harvested at one of the big four packers. Mm -hmm. 
Walmart said, well, we got a lot of money. It just takes money to own cattle. Yep. We're going to own those cattle from weaning, sale at the ranch, all the way through the grocery store. And they own them, but they don't manage. They don't manage them, okay. but they own them. Okay. They control their management. Right. So 44 Farms is involved. They have an entire group called Prime Pursuits. That's what they do. They own and okay. manage these cattle. So they've invested a lot of money to own these cattle. And they contract with a packing plant in Kansas to harvest those cattle. And then they were taking all those carcasses into um, their uh, processing or case-ready plant in the southeast. So they're displaying one of their distribution centers out of that. Or multiple distribution centers. One region's worth of distribution centers. So they've done that for several years, said, listen, this is working for us. We're getting the quality. An interesting bit about meat, we probably talked about on this podcast before, but when people go buy meat, it's well worked out. They Price per pound isn't that important. It's What's the package cost? Okay. So Walmart knows they need to sell two ribeye steaks for X amount of money. And they need to be this thick. And they need to look like a ribeye. Yep. So I can't take the lip off or I can't... I, I, Got to leave the whole thing. That recognition. for Got to be recognized. And it needs to be X about X dollars, right? And okay. they understand that and that drives sales, except So I need two ribeyes for $18 or $28 or whatever the magic number is. And that's true for pork chops. It's true for everything. I'm willing to pay this much for a meal. That's like what people mm-hmm. have in their head. They aren't going to work out the price. That's why the price per package is big on the, on the package. Yep. So they said, basically, we need a ribeye that's this big around, that's one inch thick, we can sell and sell that profitably. And they couldn't get that. And that's what they're, that's really what started to drive it. So Walmart and their prime pursuit thing has been really pretty good for Calvin because they've gone in and paid a premium for calves with known genetics, with a known management protocol prior to weaning. Okay. They've controlled the management of those cattle from weaning until harvest. And they've controlled harvest. Has it been cheaper for Walmart? They would tell you, no, it's not been cheaper. It's been better. Okay. So they get a more consistent product of the right spec. So not exactly just exactly that what they want. What they want. And that spec is not just choice prime, blah, 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 quality spec. It's size spec. So it's the right genetics, the right size. Okay. Uh, all in the right quality grade and all those things that become important to selling that piece of meat. Yeah. So they like that program. They think that program's yeah. working. Um is it perfect? No, it's anything, right? Nothing's perfect. Right. But clearly they think it's good. I have no inside knowledge, but they clearly think it's good enough. They went out and made a huge investment in a packing plant last to fall. To continue further integrating. To growing bigger. That's right. So they went out last fall and invested in Sustainable Beef LLC, which is a new plant, I believe, in North Platte, Nebraska. That's okay. uh, rancher-owned, so farmer-owned. Hmm. Uh, ranchers would be mad if you call them farmers. But people that own cows or own that plant. And so that's good. Um, and so that gets some additional business investment in the business. And Walmart said, listen, we want to partner with that. And really, if you've looked at these new plants being built, whether it's pork or beef or whatever, the big challenge a plant has is selling the meat. Okay. Because they have to process it and cut yeah. it down, and they didn't want to do all of the details of that, well, I'm guessing, assuming. So there's a lot of people in this world who know how to take a carcass and break it into pieces. Right. And there's a real art to that. I'm not diminishing that, but that's a known skill, and it's mm-hmm. a hireable skill, and we, we can get a lot of people to do that. The challenge is is that there might be like a thousand parts. Mm-hmm. You have to, a thousand different products you're selling out of a given carcass, or potential products mm-hmm. you're selling out of a carcass. And so we're out of a plant. 
So you have to be able to merchandise all of that. Yep. From hides to, you know, I know the poor stuff better, uh, um, lips. You got to be able yep. to sell the lips. Right. I got to sell the livers. <laughs> I got to sell the hearts, right? And I can, yeah, I can grind that stuff up for dog food. But I've got to be, what am I going to do with the bones? There's value right. in the bones. And what am I going to do with the drop or the, the viscera? And how do I get rid of that? And how do I make money selling that? So the rancher-owned packing plant is now giving large, pri- is now selling their large primal pieces to this new Walmart processing. Well, at least at least Walmart's an investor. This packing plant's not going to open until fall of 24. Okay. That's what the projected opening date is. So an investor, I'm assuming a primary investor at 257 million. Well, that no, 257 million is just the further processing plant. They didn't announce how much they invested in the in the packing plant. Right. The minute they have a minority stake, but the big deal for that um, sustainable beef plant, the producer-owned plant, is that they now have a customer. Okay. They have a customer that they know will buy product. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge deal to say that that plant's likely to be more successful. Right. You and I go build a packing plant tomorrow. I got one plant. 85% of the business is, right. is in th- four guys. How do I break into that market without discounting? I don't have as right. much reliable supply. Scale matters. All the contracts elsewhere. What do I do with all the – What do I get as awful. much money for hides? Yep. What do I do with awful? What do I do – all of that is really important. Packing's a terrible business. It's yep. super low margin. It's super efficiency-based. So the instant – like uh, the number in pigs is like $18 a head for the drop. Mm-hmm. Which is the stuff that hits the floor right. that we make into dog food. That's worth $18 a head. If I have to give that away, I'm at an $18 a head disadvantage. Right. 10 cents a pound. Right? Ooh, oofta. Mm-hmm. I'm in trouble, right? So it's that having a customer helps that scale. Now, the other interesting thing is, is that there's been some estimates. So Jeanette Bernard, um, last week in her Prime Futures uh, newsletter, mm-hmm. Was talking about Walmart and what they're doing and where are they investing, et cetera. That's where I saw this actually. So, and, I, and just an unabashed plug for that newsletter. I mean, it's subscription, but it's fantastic. But um, that, uh, even there, they estimated Tyson, they would only use 60% of the carcass, not Tyson. Walmart would only use 60% of the carcass. Mm-hmm. So, interesting, right? So, that was the value of Tyson to bring that other. Value. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what do they do with the other 40%? Right. So that's the, yeah. So that's, so this packing plant, yes, Walmart's made an investment, but even they can't use all the carcass. Mm -hmm. So they have to find them. That's the complexity of the packing business. So I think it's, um, it's certainly interesting. It's certainly a get after it time in the meat, in the meat business right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Walmart is doing a little bit like we see in Australia. So that's an interesting business twist. So in Australia, you sell directly. If you're a producer, you sell directly to the grocery store. How does that work? So uh, Kaylee Hillinger, cow owner, sells, signs a contract to sell her cattle to Woolworths. Not the Woolworths in the U.S., the Woolworths grocery chain. Woolworth buys the cattle walking around mooing. And then pays to have them harvested, processed, and put in the grocery store. And they deal with all the intermediate, the awful product in the middle, the off, hmm. not off product, the non, re, non-retail cuts in, okay. the, in the middle. So we're seeing almost a shift toward that model. 
Yeah, that's certainly, I mean, this is, it's so, everybody's like, oh, what's Walmart doing? Well, that exists. The entire market in Australia is that way. Now, Australia is an itty bitty market, right? I mean, there's mm -hmm. what, 10 million people or something in Australia, but um, it's not, it's not a no market. Mm -hmm. And so it's, uh, it's the thing and it works there and it's very good for the producer because it's very stable for the producer. Mm -hmm. And obviously it has implications because all of a sudden the Packer isn't the Packer anymore, right? The Packer is now is the, the Packer. So JBS is in Australia. They own a pork plant in Australia. And you're like, I don't know, why would they be in that? Well, it's pretty good for them. They they get paid to kill things. They're good at they're good at harvesting and you know, making things dead and chopping them up. They're good at that. And so they get probably uh, less risk. A lot for them, less risk. Right? A lot less risk. And so this is maybe a new a new day. Hmm. And that's really what Jeanette, right, was speculating in Prime Futures. Like, well, what if Walmart bought Tyson? And that's pure speculation. Nobody's saying this. Don't, don't anybody lose their mind over it. And that's, no one can see my eyes get really big. <laughs> yeah. I, of that. I mean, there's a huge number of barriers to that, right? Right. right? Like, it it right. doesn't make sense in some respects, but it kind of does in others if you look at other markets and say, yeah. oh, well, okay. Um, so I think what we've perceived for the last 100 years of big dominant power, 150 years now, right, starting in Chicago with – kind of dominant packers of Swift, et cetera, killing a lot of all the, mm -hmm. you know, the meat packer of the world was Chicago for a long time because of the railheads and uh, close enough to the East Coast. And then we had the IBP intervention where we started harvesting near where the animals were grown. We still had these kind of dominant large meat packing businesses. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're maybe we're in the next phase, right? Maybe it's the yeah. next phase of evolution. We moved from Chicago, centralized harvest to distributed harvest. And now we're maybe talking about innovating the business model of of that. And the big centralized distri distribution was instead of shipping carcasses, we shipped these primal cuts, box, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That was IBP was box beef, and that was our thing. And so maybe that's maybe worth the next evolution. I don't know, but I think it's a really exciting time on the business side right. to say what's going to happen and what does our food supply chain look like. And there's nothing that has happened that said that that further integration it shouldn't be a surprise. To anyone, right? I mean, just in the meat business, live or processing side, integration is what we continue to see. And it's kind of like chickens blaze the path, pigs follow, cattle are behind. Yeah. And dairy's dairy's kind of in lockstep with pigs in terms okay. of where it's at in the integration process. Yeah. Okay. Anything no. that ranchers or other people within the beef industry would want to know about this? I mean, well, it's I kind think, of the next step beyond. Yeah, Earl Butts said it, what, in the 1972 or whatever, right? Scale matters. Yep. And it's get bigger, get out. And it's commodity business. And I think the shift is, is that, yes, it's commodity, but the chicken feather boys have led the way mm -hmm. in terms of it's a consumer business, that they're making chicken nuggets, not chickens. Mm -hmm. And... Even the egg business, right? There's a lot of further processed egg stuff. And right. pork is kind of thinking about getting there, but they're not quite there yet. But mm -hmm. um, I think that's the progression. I think that's the big shift. We're shifting finally to a fast-moving consumer goods business. And that's going to be a change for producers, that we have to produce what the customer wants, not what we want to produce. And, and the customer evolves in each step of that process. In each step of that process. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was good chat. I learned quite a bit about that. I I just need to stuff, know more about the beef. Stuff is fascinating to me.
Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe and tell your friends about the Round Barn podcast. We'd also love to connect with you. Please find us on LinkedIn by searching the Round Barn at Illinois to give us your feedback and tell us what you'd like to hear. 